What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 125. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I am doing well, Alex. I know you're doing well because, you know, I asked you before this. Uh, we are both very excited for match week two in the Champions League. So I know we're going to do some predictions there uh, because the first game week, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but we also had a whole lot of other things that we got to talk about this weekend, including that Spurs game, the mystique of Big Ange. Um, I, I mean, there's just a whole lot to get to. So let's not waste a moment. How are you doing? You saying mystique of Big Ange, and I'm thinking mystique of Xabi <laughs> Alonso too, because they are Ooh. cooking those two managers. For me, the two biggest surprises yes, in terms of managers this season. No surprise if you're listening yeah. to the FC Wonder Kid podcast. We predicted Xabi nope. Alonso since the start. But people, we want to see your comments down below. And we saw last week Tommy Borucci, okay, saying that Xabi Alonso is going bold and justifying it in a great way. And Vela70, thank you for commenting. Barca's going bold, okay? That's the right way <laughs> of saying things because Barca is, in fact, going bold. They're still unbeaten in the league, and we're going to be mentioning that too in the Champions League predictions. But yes, UCL Game Week 2 predictions. FC Wonder Kid he here with me and Bretson. And don't forget to comment your predictions and like this video for more prediction videos of Game Weeks of the Champions League. Last one went pretty well on mm. YouTube. So smash that sure. like button to show that you're enjoying these videos. So, Bretton, I think the first game mm. on a Tuesday that makes sense for us to touch base is on Man United because it's a long talk, sure. right, Bretton? What's happening oh, at yeah. Man United? <laughs> oh, I've already gotten a lot of shtick for my uh, my comments about Manchester United, and and I understand it. I understand with it, but I... I no. With, about with the, the Glazers. Glazers, with with the, with the Glazers, and I think um, whether you see it as a crutch, an excuse, whatever you want to do, I think Ten Hag's realizing that um, that just was a game, the Crystal Palace game. Uh, that was just a game that they should not have lost, and he understands that the you know club's fans want him to win as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I, this is a this is a must win. I mean, yes. is it not? I mean, it's a must win. They've they've lost two, I believe, of their last three at Old Trafford, um, and and that's just unacceptable it's truly unacceptable even with all of the injuries and the injuries are bad and they're getting worse when it comes down to it uh but Rashford uh has not had a good game in in quite some time and whether or not that's him not being used properly or whatever uh it none of this changes the fact that Manchester United needs to put up or shut up when it uh, comes to this and I genuinely fear for this game because Galatasaray is coming in <laughs> unbeaten since April 30th, 2023. Six I mean, weeks they have not lost a game yet this season. Yeah, it's in, it's unbelievable. Um, so I am genuinely worried for Manchester United. But I do think that uh, they'll at least come away with this. Uh, uh, I'm going to say a draw? point with this one. What do you think? I think it's mandatory. I completely agree with you, Bretton. Manchester United against Galatasaray, they must yeah. win and they must start Garnacho for me too I love Rashford I think Rashford wasn't given at the start of the season a striker but now no justification for seven appearances and one goal that's what's happening right now at Man United this season with Rashford and another thing too Man United in the Premier League in, in, Man United in the Premier League in their last seven mm -hmm. matches they have more losses than wins four losses yeah three 
wins. And there's no leaders. Bruno ain't, ain't a leader right now. So Rashford ain't a leader. Casemiro ain't a leader. You need players that are inspiring this team. And that's the problem right now. You, I don't feel oh. any player backing Eric Ten Hag in this situation right now. And that is worrying. No. That is worrying. Bruno Fernandes mm -hmm. needs it to is. do more. Like, Bruno Fernandes' legacy is on the line of Man United. He's going to be remembered mm -hmm. as a captain of a poor team. Not something that Roy Keane is remembered for Man United fans. And that is the yeah. difference of making a, the right culture with the right leaders, with the right results. And Eric Ten Hag's impact signings this season are zero. Lisandro Martinez yeah. is not being... Uh, no, sorry. This season, Man United signings aren't <laughs> being impactful with Onana, with Mason Mount. I might say Reguilon is the most impactful right now. Amrabat! Amrabat playing yeah. left back. A right-footed player mm. playing right... Uh, uh, like, I ain't a genius. But Amrabat ain't... No. Ain't Arshans of Benfica, okay? <laughs> I just want to put that clear because Eric Tanag must be, must be seeing what Roger Schmidt's cooking with Arshans of Benfica. But going back to this, yeah. Garnacho mm -hmm. must start ahead of Rashford against Galatasaray. I see Garnacho as a player that actually believes in Eric Tanag. He extends with Eric Tanag. And I completely think he has more mm -hmm. passion on the field right now if he starts than Rashford will have against Galatasaray. Mm. So that's why you got to mm. give the start and give more minutes to this player. Do you agree with yeah. me, Bretton? I, I actually do. I do agree with you. I, I think it all comes down to, to fight, to resolve, um, to, to matching, um, you know, what is needed to get out of this, this hole. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, the injuries aren't helping, but I just need to draw some attention, Alex, uh, to who is coming to town. I mean, we are going to see Wilfred Zaha. It's like the ghost of Crystal Palace is coming back to haunt them once again, just three, four days later. Uh, so you've got Zaha, you've got a Turkoglu, you've got uh, Moro Akardi uh, coming to town. You've got Angelino, who I think is going to do some damage um, for on that left side. Uh, so it's, it's really, really a compelling, you know, one that you would see as lopsided in the mm -hmm. past. Uh, I think they last placed, uh, played each other in the Champions League in 2012, back when you had, who was it, Vidic and uh, Scholes' <laughs> last few years and all that. Um, this is a very, very different Galatasaray, and one that I, I got to say, coming into this, I, I think they might be favorites. I, in terms of form, I agree. They're unbeaten this season. <laughs> yeah. And Icardi has it's... seven goals. Icardi ain't the Icardi of PSG but... in Turkey right now. No. <laughs> and Zaha's no. first goal. No. That was beautiful to see. Confidence, yeah. right place, right time, and the right shot. Very intelligent sure. player once again. I'm going to be saying, but, in this game, both teams uh -huh. score. But Man United must win, and that's why I would bet Man United. Because if he has another loss, especially yeah. against Chris yeah. uh, Crystal Palace lost at home, like they, mm -hmm. that can't happen. So I'm going to say Man well, United uh, and that was that was going to be my next and final question to you here. So that's that's great that you think that they'll they'll get it done. You think Garnacho goal in the midst too, um, or maybe Bruno comes up big. But hey, I, I just got to bring this up. Um, you know, it's been trending the last few days. Obviously, since the Palace loss, uh, we've seen hashtag Ten Hag, Ten Hag out. Uh, in in what realm? In what reality are you Ten Hag out? I'm not Ten Hag out right now. Okay, he needs to be given the time. And let's see if he does the decisions, the tough decisions of, like, benching Rashford, of maybe benching a mm -hmm. Bruno Fernandes if it didn't work out. But, like, the players he has, Mason Mount, Anthony, situation, Lisandro Martinez, yeah. situation, he's been unlucky. 
he has been unlucky in certain uh, yeah. means. But others, I do believe he needs yeah. to have a harder stance. Like Rasmus Winter Hoyland, you need to start scoring, mate. You cost more than yeah. 60 million. <laughs> this needs to happen. You have that mentality. You have talent. You have many things. But if you're not scoring, Martial's going to be playing once again. And I was saying Martial was a problem. So no solutions. Mm. So Rasmus Winter Hoyland, please be a solution to Man United because that's why they got you. So that's what I really yeah. had to say because that will make the difference. They have 11 goals conceded in Man United and seven goals scored because Rashford ain't yeah, balling, Vintar Hoyland ain't balling, and Bruno Fernandes ain't leading the team to wins. So that is problematic, yeah. and Ten Hag needs to go bold. But tell us down below in the comments your opinions on this True. game. But let's let's go with these next games that always comment down below your predictions to people. Union Berlin Braga, what are you thinking here? Mm. Away for Braga. <laughs> Yeah, well, Union Berlin, we're jumping all over the place here. We're in Group C now. Union Berlin, Braga. Well, Union Berlin needs something mm -hmm. uh, desperately. They're playing at home. Uh, they need anything from this match. Um, they just lost to newly promoted Heidenheim. Uh, I believe they've lost, what, like five in a row mm -hmm. now? Um, so I'm going to say that when their back is against the wall, uh, as it likely has been multiple times as they've... Uh, overperform the last few seasons that they will get at least a point, but I'm going to go a little bit further and I'm going to say they will beat Braga and it will be an ugly match. Ugly match. I think Braga can do something here. Okay. I believe in Braga. Oh, I, do too. I, be I believe in Ricardo Duarte. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, do you think it's going to go to Braga? Sorry. No, I think Union I think Union Berlin is going to devolve this game into an ugly match somehow. Um and I think that they are going to get a loose goal and I think they're going to win one nothing in this one. I it's an oddly specific match but they really really need one. So yes, I think Braga can play football, uh really good solid football. It's just whether or not they can do it in Berlin uh if Berlin plays the way I think they're going to play. I'm going to go with two Bragas, so a bit biased on my end because I'm Portuguese too. But I, I love Almusrati. I love Simon Banz that is coming off the bench for Abel Ruiz, Victor Gomes. They played for the under-21s of Spain. This is a Braga team with a ton of options. And please pay attention yeah. to Almusrati that would start for many, many Premier League teams. Even yeah. a Wolves next to João Gomes. That would be <laughs> a mm. terrific duo. But yes, okay, oh, so Wolves. Salzburg, Real Sociedad. This is an interesting Ooh. one because I saw, oh, everyone saw the goal of, yeah. not the goal, the celebration of Kubu, okay? The twerk celebration, man. That <laughs> He's smart. <laughs> Japanese, he's the best Japanese playing right now. Takefusa Kubu ahead of Mitoma. Mm -hmm. Right now, that's the discussion. Mm -hmm. And that twerk celebration just went across the world. So master in marketing too. Going bold, Kubu. And only Bellingham and Lewandowski have more goals than Kubu in La Liga. So It's true. <laughs> what a it, player. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I mean, he's, he's growing up uh, mm -hmm. before our eyes. But no, <laughs> Oyarzabal is also... Uh, He's getting better. Uh, Marino is back. Uh, Real Sociedad, I think their biggest issue heading into this particular match um, is going to be Lenormand and, and how injured he might be after their uh, win this past weekend um, in La Liga. But yeah, Salzburg, though. I mean, come on. We've got them sort of firing on all cylinders. They've had some scary moments here and there, but they've got Schlager in goal, and they've got Roko Simic, who's having a whole lot of fun these days. Um, so Salzburg at home... I, I'm not going to discount them. I think Sociedad is probably a stronger team on paper, but I think that they're going to draw in this particular one, and I think it's going to be a very entertaining, attacking affair. 
I agree. In terms of youngsters okay. and in terms of players that can make a difference, like we saw the yeah. Salzburg had the youngest team ever in Champions League history. It was 21 years old and... And a half. And a half. And a half. Okay. And then 21 you and a half. And then you add Takefusa Kubo to the mix. You got to watch this yep. game. Okay. So I'm going to oh, yeah. say that both teams are going to score. I'm going to go with my guy Rocco and maybe Kubu. <laughs> but uh, I think there that's the go. safest bet. But I'm going to bet on Salzburg. Okay. It's a bold take right now. But okay. Salzburg in the Champions League, they cook. Okay. And I think this yeah. team with two strikers against Benfica, that was highly, highly pressing game two from both. Oscar Klaus, great player too. All the players yeah. in this team, you should pay attention. So pay attention well, to Salzburg, pay well, attention to Sociedad, and I'm going to go with a draw too, which... I like Sociedad, it. Well, one draws. one thing, one name to add to this list here has got to be Karim Konate because I know he was kind of deadpanned <laughs> for missing good. a penalty um, and all that good stuff. I think he's going to start to come out of his shell more. Kid's only 19. Um, another part of that, I believe he was... Uh, is he Generation Generation Foot? No. Yeah, I think he might be, um, but he is one that you will see uh, come out of there, and he'll get his he'll get his shot against. Same or Sekukota playing with Rocco, so yep. let's see who gets True. the pick. So let's let's wait yep. and see. But tell us down below what are your thoughts until now. Copenhagen, Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich that destroyed, mm. not destroyed. It was one of Man United's best displays, but they still lost to Bayern Munich. And now Copenhagen, yep. <laughs> they may have a Rasmus Winter Hoyland. No, not Rasmus, mm. a Winter Hoyland, <laughs> not Rasmus. They but they're not going to yep. make the difference. He's not going to make the difference against this team. Harry Kane, no. eight games, nine goals, four assists. Since they lost mm. to, to RB Leipzig in the Super Cup, they're unbeaten. And they managed to come back and draw against Leipzig. And it's the Kane effect in this team, in my opinion. I fully believe they're going to fully dismantle Copenhagen, and it's going to be a Bayern Munich win. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think Musiala is also, you know, him being back in form, back ready to go. Uh, he was a big reason why they came back. Um, and we'll get to Leipzig. We'll get to Leipzig in a little bit. Uh, but yes. Uh, what was that? Oh, well, Sané. But I mean, Musiala sent the pass. True, he said I'm through. He saw of Sane. I, oh, yeah, I was yeah, yeah, nonstop yeah, yeah. those runs. I was shook. It's true. Yeah, and and listen, Copenhagen uh I, the only thing they've really got going for them here is that it's in Copenhagen. One, and two that Bayern and Copenhagen I believe have never played in the Champions League previously. So, oh, yeah. um that first time effect you never you never know, but <laughs> I I highly doubt it. Um and to be honest, um I doubt Tuchel will do this, uh, but I would love to see Matisse Tell get a start um, because he's got five goals in his seven, I think, seven games this season. Oh, wait, hold on. Scratch that. Matisse Tell, seven games, that sounds really, really misleading. He has five goals in 279 minutes played this season. So Matisse Tell, uh, no, he's not going to supplant or take over Harry Kane anytime soon, but I really would like to see him have an expanded role in a game like this where he's got to prove that he can get it done. Because Champions League is Champions League, whether you're in Copenhagen or Paris or back in Munich. Okay, so um, we'll see. But Copenhagen, players to watch, Oscarson up top. I mean, it's whether or not any of these players actually break out. This is like their audition against Bayern Munich. Rooney Bargy uh, on the wing. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome wonder kids to watch in this place. Guys that three, four years from now will likely be lighting up the Serie A, Eredivisie, or hell, even even the Bundesliga, maybe even gearing up for Liga, Bayern. Man. I know Bayern has wanted Bargy in the past. 
We saw Andreas Saldrup come through. Why not see more <laughs> players come yeah. to the Portuguese league? Which I think that Rooney Bargi kid, Swedish talent, right? He's pretty special. Yep. Coming off the bench a lot of the times too, <laughs> and he makes yep. a difference. Yep. So a lot of people he should does. pay attention to this to this team. So, mm. Lan against Arsenal. Well, good news for Lan. Mm. At least why he scored. <laughs> so, just yeah. wanted to mention yep. that straight off the bat. But good news yep. for Arsenal. I think Arsenal are a dark horse, okay? At least going to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I think they're in the right group to make that happen. The first time since Wenger they're in the Champions League, which is mad. Big respect yep. for Arteta and Bukayo Saka. If Bukayo Saka is going to be considered a world-class player, from the world's point of view, it's not just balling out for England. It's balling out in the Champions League for Arsenal, which I think he's going to do that. In his last nine games, nine goals and assists. That is unreal. And that is the leader yeah. of Arsenal next to Martin Odegaard. So I'm going to be going with Arsenal winning this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I think Lons, that's great that Eliwahi scored. It's great that um, maybe they stopped the bleeding a little bit in Lyon, but they're also coming up against a very hot Arsenal one, mm -hmm. a very hot Bukayo Saka, which you already mentioned. And oh, by the way, if we're talking about Eliwahi scoring his first goal, oh, yeah. I believe there's somebody on Arsenal that just scored his first goal. <laughs> and that would be... Kai Havertz. Hey, they all count, sir. They all count. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, they made it. The I mean, they wiped spirit, the floor though. with Bournemouth. It was good to they see wiped the, the team floor spirit when Havertz scores that goal. Like to yeah. see the unity and to see how everyone was happy about Havertz scoring it. It's it means a lot. Yeah. And that's what they need: the right positive energy mm -hmm. to beat a Man City. <laughs> that's why they yep. get a dog and they name him win. Positive energy. I think we right call. <laughs> I think we call positive energy these days. We call that big Ange energy, right? <laughs> Arteta Ball <laughs> did come through first, though. And I do see Arsenal as the second place, though. But that's another okay. team. But you agree with me, Arsenal wins. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's going to take a lot for Lones to get anything out of this, for sure. And I just want to say, imagine if Arsenal gets Ozime. It's uh, just a blink, but mm. that would fix a lot of things in Ozime versus Holland. But uh, that we'll talk more well, about that ahead of things. And PSV Sevilla. <laughs> so, PSV Sevilla. Sevilla then. Oh. Ramos. Sergio Ramos with an own goal to give Barca the win. Poetic. Lamina Mal involved in all this. That I think I did yep. see a photo of Lamina Mal walking with Sergio oh, Ramos. Yeah. And now he's like mm -hmm. assisting Sergio Ramos towards him scoring an own goal for Barcelona. That is one of yep. the biggest rivals ever of Barcelona too. Oh, I, man. That is poetic. Well, yeah, you couldn't write it any better in that in that instance. And it's it's another one. It's another instance where Barcelona, um, they're they're getting the right. Uh, what do you call it? The right cuts. Right. I mean, they're they're putting themselves in the right positions. They're they're still taking their opportunities. And then this one, it goes their direction, because mm -hmm. when they win, even if they don't play their best, uh, you know, Xavi's going to take it any day of the week. Um, but in this in this particular case, that was very poetic. And now Sevilla gets to come uh, in and play a PSV squad, um, obviously, at, what is it, the Philips Stadion, right? Mm -hmm. They get to play a team that has won seven in a row. They've got 23 goals scored. Uh, they have, uh, let's see. Um, oh, and they need, they need, they need, yeah, I mean, it, it's absolutely unreal. Malik Tillman uh, having a game <laughs> that he really, really wanted to have to show that he was ready to, um, uh, to contribute. I mean, he's got a lot of attacking talent. Uh, this is uh, Peter Bosch. Has a lot of attacking talent at his disposal. Uh, but they were 
exposed, mm-hmm. right? They were exposed um, at the Emirates. It's always it was always going to be a tough game going in. Um, so it doesn't matter if you've won seven in a row in the Eredivisie uh, because the Champions League is a different breed. And Sevilla, uh, while they're known more for their Euro- Europa League plaudits, mm-hmm. um, they they still obviously have the possibility to make this one tough. But I think, I think Johan Bakayoko, I think, you know, the form that Luke de Jong is in, um, he's turning back time. And I really, really think PSV is going to actually be able to win this one. Um, even though I know Sevilla knows, you know, when they're backed into a corner, they'll get a point. But I'm going to say PSV wins this one. Um, and I'm going to say late Ricardo Pepe winner. <laughs> I'm going to say maybe a draw with a late goal to draw it by Sergio Ramos. <laughs> Imagine mm. if that happens. I love that. I oh, love yeah. that you are seeing the Joey Veerman light, though. I Joey Veerman needs to be in a massive club next season. Ooh, just like Johan Bakayoko. Okay, I think those yeah. two, and maybe Pepe in the next two years, hey. he develops big time, and he's no doubt the striker for the U.S. men's national team. Mm, let's wait and see. Balogun is <laughs> in the round two. But yes, the next Ooh, game yeah. is quite a difficult one to predict. It's Napoli against Real Madrid. Real Madrid, oh my. boy, oh boy, they had a statement game against Girona. Vinicius Jr. Yeah. is back, and Vinicius Jr. is back with Jude Bellingham as the star of the team. One yeah. goal and an assist yep. for Jude Bellingham in his last eight games for Real Madrid. He's got nine goals and assists in this team. A yeah. hundred million. That is <laughs> justifiable big time now. Okay, at the age yeah. of twenty. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal. So yeah. I'm going to go yeah. with draw, Ozzy May, and Jude Bellingham goal. <laughs> wow. Okay, because, yeah, the counterpoint here is that Napoli has woken up. It's right? True. They have definitely woken up. And, and Nap has woken up. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. It's <laughs> as if he has heard all the negative chatter on <laughs> X or on Twitter or whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, and he has said, I'm back. Um, he's got a goal and two assists in two big Serie A wins within four or five days. And uh, I think they had eight team goals scored. I mean, even Peter Zelensky's getting on the scoreboard. And, you know, they had this bizarre motivational technique. Uh, Napoli did with Victor Osimhen, right? Um, where you let some rogue social media director go out and post some kind of negative videos about Victor Osimhen. Victor Osimhen then gets pissed off and he goes out and scores a bunch of goals. Um, so I think Napoli and Real Madrid are meeting at a really, really interesting time. Uh, but I think this is not early season Napoli. This is Napoli of now. And I agree with you. I think they're going to share the points in this <laughs> one. Because remember, in the last one, Union Berlin actually took Real Madrid exactly. all the way to the end. And it took a, was it a late Jude Bellingham goal uh, that that was, you know, earned them the three points, which was kind of heartbreaking for Union Berlin. Um, but Victor Osimhen, okay? I, I mean, imagine having to motivate a striker or just rattle a striker that already has five goals in six Serie A games this season and an assist in that uh, in a, their Champions League game. But he's also got 79 goal involvements in 87 starts for the club in all competitions. And he's led you to a Scudetto title, the first one since Maradona was around. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand the tactic here when it comes down to it. I don't think there was a tactic. I think no it tactic. was just stupidity. But when it comes down to it, no it feels like Victor Osimhen is going to leave this club. Uh, in the future, and that might have been the nail in the coffin, but until then, he's going to score a b- whole bunch of goals. So, it, 
this mm-hmm. seems kind of like an audition game for Osimen too. Does uh, it not? I think the world already knows about Ozime. Ozime, in terms of African strikers, he's one of the best ever already, in my point of view, at the age of 24, 25. That is unreal yeah. what he's doing in a short period of time. 24. And yeah. 24, unreal. So what I have to say about the Ozime incident, Victor Ozime is a Napoli legend. Victor Ozime yes. brought back the Scudetto to Napoli. Victor Ozime yeah. isn't liked by a TikTok admin of Napoli. That's not the fan base. <laughs> That's not the fan base. Literally, Bad like, hiring. fire that man. Yes, exactly. We do our <laughs> posts on SC Wonder Kid. We get them right. Yeah. This man can't yeah. get them wrong for a team like Napoli. It's unreal no. and disrespectful towards one of the biggest legends of Napoli in such a short period of time, which, too, Victor Osime is the most expensive player in Napoli's history. So, Cristian Ronaldo would never get a post like this in any club he's played for i'm not even saying on previous clubs ex-clubs no one would treat Mm. him like that no one would treat star players like this so something is under maybe when you say tactic is maybe there's something under that we don't know that's happening beneath the club and victor didn't even say hi to his teammates after that incident he wasn't happy he 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 deleted every image associated to napoli in his instagram accounts so this is it. Yeah, so right, whether we'll be leaving. Right. We'll be leaving. He will be uh, leaving uh, Napoli soon and I think the biggest contenders to get Victor Osimhen one is Real Madrid because they are badly in the need of a striker and let's imagine yeah. Osimhen, Vinicius, Mbappé yeah. one day, Rodrigo's in trouble. <laughs> but Bellingham yeah. behind yeah. them that would be unreal. And the other clubs Chelsea yeah. because Chelsea yeah. is desperate for a striker and they will pay whatever it takes, okay? To get yeah. A man with his solutions and a Didier Drogba type thing. Okay, he's Senegalese, different legacy, but African. And to make a difference at Chelsea. I would love to see him at Ozime at Chelsea. It would be interesting too. So well, I'm going that, that would be interesting. <laughs> but but if you want to win right away, Real Madrid is your choice. And that's why I did mention this is an audition <laughs> game. Right? I mean, obviously, yes. They are very aware of the skills he brings to the table, but Osa men will be looking, and Kavard Skilia will be looking um, to to kind of cement um, their name in there because this is that Group C matchup. I think everybody's been kind of salivating over. But hey, quick little shout out before we move on from this game, which I think we both are seeing them share points. Um, I, I got a shout out Hirona. I don't know if this is the last time we'll see them at the top of the La Liga table um, before Real Madrid and Barcelona have kind of mm-hmm. replaced them at the top. But my goodness, I mean, for uh, for a club that plays in front of like eleven to twelve thousand people, uh, it's a smaller town in Catalonia. In uh, Catalonia, it is a beautiful town, um, it, and they've still got a very very attractive team, young team uh, to watch from here on out. Uh, I hope it continues. I hope this this humble from Real Madrid at the hands of Real Madrid does not deter them. Uh, but it, it was so much fun um, to watch that first beginning of the season. And we'll see if they can uh, they can come on back. But anyway, but Napoli, Real Madrid. Your predictions until now in the comment section down below. I said draw. <laughs> so don't forget, said draw. don't forget to comment your predictions in the Champions League too. And like this video if you're enjoying it. So the next game, Inter-Benfica. Mm, just like you mm-hmm. said, a Group C being a Titans clash. Clash of Titans, I'm sorry. This one is one that will make the difference in terms of who goes through in first or second or even third. Okay, Benfica, that was a tough loss uh, towards Red Bull Salzburg. But Inter, 
Inter are balling out. Lautaro Martinez scored four goals in 35 minutes. He did this. And Marcus yep. Turam has four assists. You must pay yep. attention to Inter, which I'm not saying Barella, Di Marco, Bastoni, a team that is a dark horse most definitely for the Champions League. So I am going to mm. say that at home, if Benfica, now, at Inter's home in San Siro, if Benfica beats Inter, it, that's a game-changing game that will make them be motivated towards winning the Portuguese League too. So I'm going to say to both teams scoring, uh, I think that's yeah. my safe prediction, but I will go with Inter being more likely to win this game because it hurts me to say Benfica Portuguese team loses. Uh, yeah, uh, it, I, I hear you. Who's replacing Antonio Silva? Morato. Great player. Morato. Okay, cool. Back. Yeah, another young guy. Yeah, for sure. I know he's a little bit older than Antonio Silva, but he's still, he's still what, 23? He, um, 23 and Benfica refused 25 million this summer from Fulham. Oh, Oh, Fulham. Okay, yep. Tony Khan. Calvin Bassett like replaced Yeah, well, um, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. Uh, I mean, Lautaro was quote-unquote rested this weekend, and he still scored a poker. Um, and I believe, uh, no, I don't believe this is definitely verified. Uh, he is the first, the first in Serie A history, Lautaro Martinez, to score four goals off the bench. Right in a substitute appearance in Serie A history, which is just uh, incredible. And I don't think he gets still enough credit for what he has done for Inter Milan. Um, and I I don't know. I mean, I think Benfica is going to scrap it out, but I do think Inter uh, has enough to win here. And um, But if João Neves brings that dog energy that he had against Porto, um, who knows? Who knows what can you're ha happen you're here? He's a good player here. And Di Maria, too. Di Maria for Benfica, <laughs> yeah, he's true. 35 years old. He's a, um, a lenda do club. An Argentinian legend, too, with eight games, six goals, two assists. And this started this And Trubin? Oh, Tr Did you like Trubin in that game? Trubin played Was better. he good in that game? Trubin, and he good. had moments in which he, he had good saves. But in terms of, like, I still want to see more, okay? But I think it's okay. a positive start to go against what happened at Salzburg. And he defended a penalty against Timnins, too which was important okay. for Benfica. But yes, you mentioned Dronevs. Dronevs, a 19-year-old Dronevs, was the man of the match in a classic against Porto. Benfica, youngster, made in Seychelles. And what I can say here, he's got the talent, he's got the passion, he's got the commitment, and he's got the honor in full display every time he plays for Benfica. So you must pay attention to this kid, that it's a bull shout, but don't be surprised if he goes to the Euros. He's got the heart on his sleeve. He wants everything to happen that he fully believes. And he believes in Befica and he believes in Portugal. Because if you don't know too, in his first under-21 games, Ronev, she came off the bench and he scored the game-winning game. -winning game. <laughs> mm. That is what we're being mm. shown at under-21 when yeah. he just comes on. Because yes, if you told a person last season, at the start of last season, Tronez was going to start for Benfica at the end of the season and be instrumental now, they'd say you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And Tronev started yeah. ahead of Florentino <laughs> against Porto. Yeah. A defensive mid. Yeah. So it was Kokshu and Tronev. So this kid in duels, he does everything. So pay attention to him. And yeah. as I'm saying, Tronev, comment to down below. Youngsters that you believe are going to be going bold in this Champions League because it's not just him. <laughs> right, Francis? No. no. Oh, right, right. We got Feyenoord um, we'll, we'll against Atlético de Madrid against uh, Feyenoord. That's why I'm saying oh it's not just gosh. him. Because we have Man. an interesting game to see. It's not in Rotterdam. It's in Madrid. But I still want to see Arden Slot doing something. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, though, uh, their most effective player um, as of right now is serving the second of a two-game suspension uh, because before we register our winner here, Feyenoord will be missing Santiago Jimenez. And if I don't mention him, my top is going to blow right now because literally it's been two weeks in a row um, that this guy is on fire. He's 22 years old, and, and I'm really sad to report that as a U.S., as an American, uh, he is a Mexican player. Uh, but my goodness, Mexico's future at striker at nine is is in very good hands. Ten goals in his first seven league games. He's got a goal involvement every 45 minutes. Um, and he was bought just for uh, six million, I think, from Cruz, Cruz Azul, Azul, and he's got 33, 33 goals and thirty-five starts, oh. and he's also led them to an Eredivisie um, win and a European final, if I'm not mistaken. And they um, so him this it, <laughs> and they and they extended him, and he's yet to pick up this pace for El Tri. So we're we're like um you what? know crossing my fingers here. That's great, but listen, none of that matters. Because, unfortunately, Feyenoord is going to have to go to the Wanda, and they're going to have to face an Antoine Griezmann um, and a, a reinvigorated Atletico Madrid um, who has vanquished Real Madrid in the Madrid derby, made Barcelona the, the happiest people alive, <laughs> and then followed that up with another win. Um, so I only envy—not envy. I only— um, feel bad that Feyenoord is coming into this uh, having to play a really, really, really well reinvigorated um, Atleti's side. So I really don't know what to do here because I, I'm going to be honest, I would like Feyenoord to win, um, but I, I think at best Feyenoord can get out of here with a point. Um, Atletico Madrid, I'm going to say it, they're going to get out of there with a point. Ooh, what do you think? You believe in Ardeslot, which I think he's a terrific I manager. I think this team plays great football. No Santiago Jimenez, there's Igor Paixão there. He can make something happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am still, I'm not going to be as much of a believer. I'm going to go Atletico <laughs> because I do believe Atletico won't win La Liga, but Atletico will be a strong contender for to win La Liga, but and they will be strong in the Champions League too. It will be very yeah. difficult to uh, eliminate Atletico de Madrid in this Champions League games. Uh, and whoever plays them and eliminates them in the future will be a tough yeah. matchup. Maybe it will be a City, another team like that. So I'm going to be going with Atletico with a Griezmann masterclass that he's balling out people. Griezmann he really is playing is. great football. One of the best players in La Liga. I'd say it's Griezmann or Jude Bellingham right now. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's, but I go Jude still. <laughs> Maybe it's the bias yeah. of FC Wonder Kids. Being Wonder Kids. But, uh, yeah. but here we have another game here with Antwerp, Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, Wonder Kids, mm. we always say Arthur Vermaren, pay attention to him. Uh, Sudakov yes. on Shakhtar's side, great player too. But I'm going to go with Antwerp because I believe the Belgium champions ah. will surprise people. And yeah. I think they will win this game. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I was, I'm a little surprised that you, you went with that. But yes, I think they're a better team than what was kind of, you know, obliterated by João Felix and uh, Barcelona. Um, they're in match week one. So I do, I agree with you. I think Royal Antwerp is going to win. And I think, um, you, you need to watch out for Sumaila Kulabali, who was on the books at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, and then, um, Royal Antwerp picked him up for cheap. Uh, he is slotted right in at center back. Uh, and he has been very good growing into that role, um, as they navigate the Champions League for the first time in 60 plus 
years. Um, so it's really, really impressive. Um, I, I like their makeup, uh, and Shakhtar did not do necessarily anything to make me think um, that they are going to come in here and, you know, knock Royal Antwerp socks off. But yes, Vermeeren, Koulibaly, those are two you definitely have to watch. And one of the best players in the pro league over the last season and a half has been Jel Bataille, who plays, he can play on the right, on the left, um, and he's a fullback that is eh, kind of on the moderately young side, but I think you'll see him get picked up by a quote-unquote bigger team um, in the future. So uh, definitely watch them, but I go with Antwerp. Ah, yes. So ooh, we're both third gear on this one. So comment down below your predictions until now with this. Celtic Lazio. Yep. Well, this is an yes. interesting matchup, okay? See Brendan Rodgers against Mauricio Sarri. Two interesting managers that are very well known worldwide in football. But I think this is going to be electric game at home. Champions League games at yes. home for Celtic. It's always interesting and historic. But uh, sometimes, yeah. so I'm gonna be saying Celtic to win this game with Abada balling out. Ooh, well, listen, twelfth man is real. Celtic Park has it. Uh, I think Big Ange left a really nice blueprint behind for Brendan Rodgers to build upon. Um, so I'm going to agree with you. I think Celtic is going to actually win this game because I don't know what's going on in Rome, but the two Roman clubs are having terrible starts to the season. I mean, absolutely terrible starts to the season. Lazio has won two and seven, and Maurizio Sarri, I don't think, can uh, smoke any more cigarettes faster than he already is. Uh, but listen, for Celtic, you mentioned Abada. I'm going to mention Matt O'Reilly. Uh, Matt O'Reilly, up until he was picked up uh, by Big Ange, okay, up until he was picked up by Celtic, was playing in League One. Okay, and now he is considered one of the most important players on the pitch for Celtic. He just signed an extension. He's already got, I believe, five goals this season. He just signed, uh, he's a midfielder, too, and he just signed uh, that contract extension, but he also just provided the dramatics against Motherwell, um, where they scored in the 97th minute to walk away with all the points. So uh, 12th man's going to do their bidding here. Celtic wins over Lazio in, uh... I think, one of the shock upsets. And you say 12th man, you can say the same with this team. Signali Duna Park, Dortmund against AC Milan. AC Milan, there is a team with a ton of history in the Champions League. It's a tough yeah. one to predict, but I'm going to give a shout out to the AC Milan midfield. No Tonali, no problem. Tijani Reinders, what a signing he's mm -hmm. been. Under the radar, one of the best midfielders in Calcio right now. And Yunus Musa. What an engine. Yes. If you judged him from Valencia, watch him now at AC Milan. And even a loftus cheek that seems really happy where he is right now. Ben Acer, come back. So I'm going to say AC Milan's going to win this game. And I want to give a shout-out to Rafael Young in Serie A. Three goals, yeah. three assists. He's the big man now. And if there's a start bench sub with Rafael Young, Chiesa, and Quaratskelia, you have to start mm. Rafael Young in my view. He's the player that can be in the Ballon d'Or top five discussion if he balls out in the Champions League. And I believe you, you can dream. You can dream. So yeah. dream on, Rafael Young, and make it happen with a smile on your face that you keep on doing on the pitch. So I think Milan yeah. will surprise a lot of people and win, win this game. Okay. Well, that's it. I, I think Signal Aduna is just a tough, tough place to play. 70,000. The yellow wall is widely seen as, I don't know, one of the most imposing, uh, you know, figures or the imposing sides uh, of a stadium when you walk into it it's it's flipping breathtaking um but i think the narrative here I, i'm gonna say dortmund milan share points in this one milan has 
exercised the demon of that Milan derby, uh, and they have come back and beat Lazio. Uh, Christian Pulisic has three goals and one assist in 500 minutes this season, which already eclipses what he was able to do and double that uh, in an injury-riddled season for Chelsea last season. And no, this is not a dig at Chelsea. This is very simply put, Christian Pulisic is happy, he is confident, and he is healthy, and long may it continue, uh, and I want to see him return to the place that nurtured him, to the place that brought him uh, a whole lot of joy in his start in professional football and do really well. So I'd love to see another Christian Pulisic win, or I'm sorry, a Christian Pulisic goal, even though I think they're going to share the points here. And just a quick shout out. I thought Dortmund were going to start the season pretty terribly in the Bundesliga, and they've done pretty dang well. Daniel Malin has stepped his game up a notch and deserves a nod um, for what he's been able to do this season. He's been very good in that right wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Interesting one. Don't forget to comment down below your prediction until now. This is another one. St. James Park with the Newcastle is always a tough game, okay? And Mbappe, if he's going to be in the Ballon d'Or discussion, he needs to beat these adversities. Adversi- adversities that right now he's not playing too well. PSG's not playing too well in the league. So they need an answer, and that's where Mbappe can answer to the whole world showing up and as he does for France. So let's see yeah. if it uh, does, and they win. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, you have them You have them winning at St. James or no? Uh, I, I have them winning because they're in a position in the league that they have to win. So Mbappe, Fair enough. hat trick if well, it has to be the case. <laughs> yeah, because I'm confused. Uh, I don't know how you score four goals against Marseille and then you get shut out by Clermont. Right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, pretty insane. Um, but listen, Newcastle, here's the other little data point here. And I do owe Newcastle an apology after I think it was what, three straight losses or a big win and then three straight losses from Newcastle. They haven't conceded a goal, Alex, in their last five games. They haven't conceded a goal. Not one. Mm-hmm. OK. Uh, and they've won a hun- whole bunch of those games, too. They weren't all zero zero draws. And they've been doing that with Sven Botman in and out of the lineup with Sandro Tonali in and out of the lineup. Um, so uh, they've, you know, won a whole bunch. They've scored 11 in their last three games. Uh, Alexander Isak can score, you know, from the penalty marker and he can score an open play as well. Um, and it, it's been really, really impressive. So I think PSG, it is, I agree with you. It's a put up or shut up type of game. Um, either PSG is, is going to get beat relatively soundly by this Newcastle team or, uh, PSG is going to light them on fire because Mbappe something, you know, gets inside of Mbappe and just makes him want to take it out on all of the tune. Um, so I don't think there's a sharing points type of situation here. I think one is going to win or the other is going to win. Um, and I am going to, I am going to take the other end of this. I'm going to say sound defense wins Newcastle, uh, rules the day on this one. And they win a pretty historic game against PSG. With zero goals suffered in their last five games, which is impressive. It's crazy. As just mentioned. Pretty good. Yep. I, comment down below. What are you thinking about this game too? Leipzig, yes, Man sir. City. <laughs> Leipzig, a team that didn't manage to beat Bayern Munich, winning 3-0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. this is going to be an interesting one. And Man City, a team that loses to Wolves, okay? A team, Wolves, that has no more Mateusz Nunes, no more Ruben Neves, no Raul Jimenez, but they have Pedro Neto. That Pedro Neto yes. is a star when he's not injured, okay? Pay attention to mm-hmm. this man, one of the best wingers in the Premier League at such a young age. Please, okay? Yeah. So I just want to say City needs to have a response. And just like I said with PSG, I say fully the same. 
with uh, Man City against Leipzig, and they have demons in the past, okay? Haaland mm. scored six yeah. goals, no, five goals in the past against RB Leipzig. I fully believe that he can make something very hard for them, and they can, he can score a hat-trick in this game, so I'm going to say Man City winning away from home at Leipzig. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's due, right? Uh, Holland, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since he's been scoring some goals. Uh, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I, I'm kidding in some respects. But yes, he was shut out la this last game against Wolves. Yeah, and he was on the bench uh, the game previous to that in the Carabao Cup that they lost. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Erling Holland is probably due. And yes, Leipzig is a... Um, uh, he's he's perennially scored a lot of goals against Leipzig. But listen, this is Xavi Simmons, right? This is Benjamin Sesko. This is, uh, you know, Castello Lukeba scored a goal. Um, this is almost FC Wonder Kid in the Bundesliga. Uh, and they also have some wily veterans in there. And maybe Manchester City's licking some wounds. I don't know. But Pep Guardiola came out and he said, you know, there are a lot of games that have been played. Um, and, you know, we have to navigate through them. Rico Lewis has been in there um, a whole lot more than we've seen in the past. So um, if there's ever a time to face Manchester City, I'm kind of, I don't know which side I'm on here. This is either a good, a good time because they're coming into it flagging after losing two games uncharacteristically, or it's because they've lost two games that RB Leipzig should be very, very, very afraid. Um, but Leipzig went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Bayern and looked like legitimate contenders. Um, and we'll see who shows up more. But I, I think Manchester City will win this one. Legitimate contenders don't lose uh, the 3-0 three, three win. That's what I got to say. In my point of view, I see Bayer Leverkusen ahead of Leipzig, in my point of view. Mm. And with Bayern okay. Munich ahead, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So I disagree with you on that sense. But let's wait and see if this game is going to be as interesting as you're expecting, because I believe Man City are going to win it confidently on my yeah. end. So Red Star, yeah. young boys, what what you go here? I will go with Red Star because I see a ton of people in the comments. And I did see that Red Star, they were beating Man City that first off. So I got to give credit to credits due. So I'm going to say Red Star wins at home. And I'm going to agree with you. I already told you I switched my tune on this. I think Red Star will be in third place. And I think Young Boys, uh, after selling Fabian Reeder to Stad Rene, um, I, I think Red Star will get it done in Belgrade. Um, so I don't think we need to spend too much more time on this. Um, but uh, who knows? They, they could. This is a big one for them if they want to continue in the Europa League. It's true. It's true. It's definitely a statement game for both teams, whatever happens. Yep. And here, the last game, the final prediction. And we most definitely <laughs> hope you have liked this video until now and you have commented at least one prediction, okay, of all the games we talked. But yes, it's Porto <laughs> against Barcelona. Barcelona that is playing away. Barcelona that is unbeaten in La Liga. And Barcelona that in their last game, they, they won five win against Royal Antwerp. I believe... <laughs> Barcelona is going to win this game, but Porto could make it interesting and pay attention to Diocosta, Ivan Jaime, this Taremi. Taremi can score goals in the Champions League. He likes the big spot, the, the big, the biggest stage in this case. So, but yes, mm -hmm. I think the defense of Barcelona, it's unreal to me. I love Ronaldo Rouge, but it's unreal yep. that off the bench, Ronaldo Rouge is coming off many times. The defense of uh, Balde, the defense of Balde. The defense of Christensen, the defense of Conde, and Cancelo, and Ter Stegen has had two clean sheets in two games they're played together. 
So they're showing good results, and Ronaldo Rouge coming off the bench always gives all more options towards a PC winger, towards a yep. top physical striker. He is the worst enemy of <laughs> if, if that happens coming off the bench. So I'm going to say yeah. that Barcelona is going to be winning this game. And Rafinha lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's and, and no De Jong, right? No so, um, hey, and Porto won their first game. Shakhtar, three one. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying Barcelona's limping in. They're still playing great football. Uh, they're obviously not necessarily scoring as many goals as they previously were. Yes, they beat Royal Antwerp five zip in Champions League play. We're talking more about La Liga. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're actually a, maybe quote-unquote, a little more vulnerable than maybe we're talking about here. Uh, but, boy, what I'd love to see uh, Nico Gonzalez get the start in midfield. I know it's probably going to be Estacchio and uh, uh, Varela. Yes. And Varela, right? But I would love to see him get it against his, his you know former club uh, and to see him put in a, hey, this is what you're missing type of, uh, type of <laughs> performance against them. Uh, but I think at best, Porto can look for a, a point here. And actually, you know what? I'll say it. They're going to share the points. Let's do it. Ah, that Let's do it. I think Taremi, I'm going to say Taremi PK, uh, and it'll be, you know, like 1-1 Go unless uh, Wender- Wenderson Galeno has a, you know, another ridiculous game like he did against Shakhtar. True. Man of the match for a reason, man. That was unreal, yeah, his game against Shakhtar. Very pacey winger that he needed that game too. But Eustachio Alan mm. Varela. I like that midfield, but uh, let's wait um, and see. Parella. Let's wait and see yeah. what's going to happen. But make sure you like this video and don't forget to comment down below your predictions, even predictions of who's going to win the Champions League and justifying it in your comments too. We will give a like and we will answer those comments because we thank everyone that is supporting our community. Thank you, people, for, for listening sure. until now. And let's go with like Tottenham. I just want to mention Tottenham fast I, because you're, you mentioned an Ange. In the Celtic talk, yeah. and I was like, oh, <laughs> my God. Tottenham is surprising everyone, okay? That was a... Yes, it was an historic win, okay? For the bad, re- mm. for the for the good reasons and for the bad reasons. But the good reasons are that Tottenham and Big, An- Big Ange is unbeaten in his last 51 home games. The difference mm. of Tottenham is clear. It's Big Ange. The identity is new. It's Big Ange's. The tactics are mm. new. Big Ange. That new reference of the club come because of Big Ange. Players improve like Bisuma, Udogi, Bohu, Son because of Big Ange. And a difference from Man United and Tottenham. Man United signed Onana, Mason Mount. Uh, let me see another signing that they did. Rasmus uh, Viter Hoyland. So Man United gets mm-hmm. Onana, Mount, and Hoyland. None of those signing or signings are impressing like the Tottenham ones with Big Ange. No. Vicario, mm. impressive. Yeah. Mickey van der Ven. Impressive. Madison, mm-hmm. one of the best players in the Premier League. Hugely impressive. So that's mm-hmm. the difference. He's being efficient, and he only had one preseason, Anche Postegoku. I have to mention this. And yes, Mickey van der Ven didn't get selected for Netherlands' first team? That happened. That happened, people. Such a quality center back coming from Wolfsburg. He was expensive. But he's justifying how expensive he was. And don't forget that sure. Kevin De Bruyne came from there. Edin Dzeko came from there. Many talents mm. come from Wolfsburg. Mickey van der Ven is the next one. So I wanted to give it that yeah. shout out. <laughs> 
Ma- Maxence Lacroix after that. But oh, listen, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement with you. I mean, he's got all the signings right. They, they fit right in. Vicario's growing into the game. I know you had your reservations. He came from, came from Empoli. I was wrong. Uh, but he I made that double. Yeah, that double save in the 13th minute was just I was awesome. Wrong. But I, I, I have to agree with you because you kind of alluded to it. There is an asterisk, right? It feels like there's an a- asterisk on this, just because there was. A, a massive VAR oversight. Um, and it wasn't VAR's fault. It was the, the humans that, that run VAR. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know how you go about and you litigate that and you change that, but when it comes down to it, I do know that this is uh, only the second time in Tottenham's history that they've had a manager come in and go unbeaten in their first seven games. Okay. I also know that uh, Big Ange is only the second manager in Premier League history to have a team in their first seven games score two plus goals. And that's without Harry Kane, people. That's without <laughs> Harry Kane. That's with Son. That's with Richarlison setting up Son. That's with, you know, there's just a lot of good things, a lot of fight for the next man up type of situation uh, that I'm really, really liking. And we have to remember this is a Liverpool team that has not lost, mm-hmm. period, since April. They have the, not lost. The longest in six months time. run in the Premier League yeah. with 18 games. Yeah. Tottenham yeah. destroyed it. And not destroyed yeah. it. I don't I wanted to say no. to no. I, I wanted to give credit to this. No, I wanted to yeah. give attention to this. The refereeing in that game was horrible. That was one of the worst Fair. refereeing I've ever seen in Premier League history. There was a goal, a clear goal from Luis Diaz. And let's be honest, I agree with Club uh-huh. with the statement of who plays who played football. Curtis Jones, that was it's 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 a doubtful decision, okay? And and it's something that with the time, with the speed, with the decision making, how can it's very hard to just give a straight word with that. And even the first yellow of Jota, like that was a bit mm, you know, in so, 90 seconds though. Exactly. Yeah. And, so I got to question this. So there is something against it, Liverpool. There is. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, look, look, they lead the league and with four red cards. I know two in this game. They lead it by a lot. Uh, and they also lead the league. I believe they've hit the woodwork more times than anyone else in the league as well. So you're talking, it's only five times. It's early in the season. I'm not worried about Klopp and Liverpool because even with 10 or nine men, uh, they still played very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think, yes, um, to focus on where our minds were with Spurs under Conte and where our mind now is with Spurs under Big Ange and to hear 60,000 people at Tottenham Stadium chanting this man's name uh, in a song already created for him, uh, it, it, it is, it's, it's kind of heartwarming, um, even if it does mean, you know, Levy is going to Levy, right? Uh, so I, I really, Spurs have exercised a demon here. This is the first time that they have won against Liverpool since 2017, Alex. Since 2017, 21 games. 21 and if, games. And if you're a player you know? watching from the outside, looking in with Tottenham, Tottenham is an yeah. attractive team to join now. They're going to be yeah. playing Champions League football soon. Like, Daniel Levy will shut everybody up if he goes bold in January with signings. Because now's mm. the time. It's more than evident that Tottenham have a real chance of ending top three against the likes of Arsenal, Man City, and good teams like Newcastle that are balling out right now. So And Liverpool. Yeah. So that's what they got to yep. do. They have to do yeah. it right now. So I think it's an interesting thing to say. And yes, let us know what are you thinking about all this that we're mentioning about Tottenham, about Liverpool, because times are changing and Tottenham now is winning without Harry Kane.
The times are really changing. Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, they times really are. are really changing. <laughs> Lionel Messi is in the MLS. Times are changing. Mm. But if he's not present, the ticket sales go down. And the chances of, of Inter Miami winning a cup go down too. Because the difference from the Leeds Cup to the Open, Open Cup, it's Lionel Messi playing. Clearly, yeah. clearly, they were. It was not a tougher matchup. It was just that the Inter Miami team didn't have Messi, and that's all it takes. The best player ever in the um, MLS not to play. <laughs> yeah, and and here, uh, it it might change things. It certainly disrupts the narrative um, of going worst to first. Mm -hmm. um, and they've uh, all in all, I still view his um, introduction to American soccer. Uh, as being overwhelmingly successful. Yes, ticket prices go down, right? I mean, the market is the market. If Messi's not playing, don't care. Busquets is human without Messi, without Jordi Alba, for sure. Uh, when it comes down to it, though, this is still an overwhelmingly uh, positive introduction here. And for those that don't know what Alex is alluding to here, it looks like Leo Messi will be ending the season very likely due to a hamstring tear uh, that he got on international duty and then aggravated even further uh, when he played that 35-minute cameo um, in that big win at home. Uh, so it sounds like if Inter-Miami is going to do it, uh, do the improbable, go from worst to first, which the worst part has nothing to do with Messi because he wasn't here for it, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it it's going to take a whole lot. So... Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen this season. And I'm going to paint it. I'm here to paint it in a very positive light. Mm. Um, let let the man rest. In fact, you know, don't, yeah, give it your best college try moving forward with Busquets. But Alba is hurt too. And a lot of these players are getting vital experience trying to win these games without him. And their confidence levels are still massive with him even around. You're talking about Ben uh, Benjamin Kramaski. You're talking about uh, David Ruiz. You're talking about Noah Allen. These are uh, Facundo Farias and, and Tomas Aviles. Uh, but the Messi effect has started. It is only just beginning. And my hope is that uh, he gets healthy because when he does get healthy and Alba gets healthy, Inter-Miami, uh, Inter I am saying this with no problems and no reservations in my heart, are obviously MLS Cup favorites. They are yes. obviously MLS Cup favorites. So when it comes down to it, I don't like being right that him playing every three days is just not fair to a 35, 36-year-old, even if he is getting paid the money he's getting uh, paid. Uh, but when it comes down to it, he will be able to have a, uh, or I'm sorry, Miami will be able to have a much better team around him next year. I'm hoping that this starts Messi's arrival starts the process of opening up those purse strings so that they don't just bring in star players, right? They bring in players that provide for depth because we're at the point where Major League Soccer is playing 50, up to 50 fixtures a year, right? And they still only have a roster of about 30 players, okay? And they have to dip into their academy or whatever. There needs to be more roster flexibility so that you don't need to put so much of a burden on Messi, on uh, any anyone else in, in the league. We can talk about all the other teams as well. But when it comes down to it, a healthy Messi, uh, a, a better roster construction, and, and more open purse strings for all the teams uh, next season because of higher eyeballs brought in thanks to Messi, um, it is going to be absolutely massive. So Inter-Miami uh, you know, fans and Messi fans, if you're looking at this as, you know, a opportunity missed, he got you guys the the League's Cup. 
He got the first trophy in Inter-Miami history. I see that as an absolutely overwhelming positive. They lost the Open Cup final without him, and I think they're not going to make the playoffs, and I think that that's okay. Collect your collect your players, collect your you know your supporters, and get ready for this next season because I think Inter Miami can do exactly what FC Cincinnati has done, which is FC Cincinnati is the first team to go from the bottom of MLS to the top of MLS and win the supporters' shield within however many years. So kudos to them for doing that, but watch out next season. Inter Miami is coming and they're coming in hot. The best team in the MLS when everybody's fully fit. I completely agree with you. And you said it, yes, sure. because the MLS is competing against the world. And I say Brasileiro is ahead of the MLS. And that's no surprise. No surprise. And any top European t uh, league is ahead of Brasileiro. So the way I see yeah. it is you got to improve the rosters. Yes. And the pitches, mate. The AstroTurf pitches to be in display in the MLS is embarrassing for a player like Messi. The fact that you I have agree. an AstroTurf pitch shows poor quality thinking about the football in this play. And I think yeah. he's going to have a positive change towards those little things and even quality of managers. I believe there's going to be a better turnover with managers coming in the next three to five, next three years with the World Cup coming to the, uh, to the United States. So a sure. lot of positives on that sense. And yeah, it's a, it's a case of time. It's a case of time because we're going to have answers if Messi will play more because I don't think he's fully out. Maybe I'm being hopeful here, but I think Messi, he gets a part of that Apple deal. He gets a part of uh, the of the Adidas deal. It's commission-based. Yeah. So I yeah. do see him as a front runner to the sales. And a lot of people now might have canceled their Apple TV because Messi ain't playing. So I don't know the stats. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the numbers. But what I do know is when Messi was playing for Inter Miami and he was subbed off, players, yeah. people were leaving the stands. And it was not I'm just one or two. It was thousands. Thousands, maybe. Yeah. So if he's not playing, thousands won't turn up. So let's wait and uh, see. And I think the league will, will try to make him play. Like you in the NBA, some players have to play 82 <laughs> or 80 yeah, yeah, or no, whatever it is. I yeah. think. This is the and case. I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna say something here that uh, you know beyond Messi, Messi has had a collateral effect in in the sense that mm -hmm. <clears throat> Messi's arrival isn't just about Messi's uh, influence on Inter Miami because you know supporters leaving an Inter Miami game because Messi has you know gone off the pitch that says more about Inter Miami's uh, supporters. So far, I know they have a very 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 strong supporters group, so I'm not knocking them. But it's more about the player than it is about the club there. But what Messi has done indirectly is I guarantee you, and I don't know if there's metrics to prove this, but they have created and, and solidified their uh, the supporters of every other MLS club, especially the strongest ones. Mm -hmm. uh, the Philadelphia Union, FC Cincinnati. I mean, you are talking about a fandom that is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger because it's less about Messi coming. It's like, we got to be the ones to beat Messi. We got to be the ones to exact for change in this league so that we can build rosters that can compete not just with Messi, but also with Liga MX, also with those Brazilian route clubs, also with, you know, you know what I'm trying to say here. So I really do think that beyond that, yeah, they might lose a little money due to um, only Messi fans uh, losing their uh, or getting rid of their uh, MLS extra pass or whatever the heck it's called, season pass. 
Um, but in the end, I think it also creates and makes every other franchise in Major League Soccer much stronger just having a guy like Messi to make everybody else up their game. Um, so I, I hope that continues because it certainly happened for Houston. Houston went down to the U.S. Open Cup. They largely, for the first half, half of this year, not MLS Cup, the U.S. Open Cup, they went down to Fort Lauderdale to play Miami, and they had to beat a Messi-less squad, a Jordi Alba squad, but they had to they had to do it knowing that they have been largely for the first half of the season not a very good squad, and now the second half of the season, Hector Herrera is one of the best players in the league. I hate to say this about another Mexican player because uh, I've already said two nice things about Mexican players, but Hector Herrera and Houston Dynamo and Ben Olsen, they played really, really good football to beat this Miami team at home. Um, so it, it is just another example of, I believe, the indirect uh, effect of Messi on the rest of the league. Uh, so I don't. I think Inter-Miami is going to be fine. I think they're going to move into their stadium in a couple years, and it's going to be gorgeous, and it's going to level up this whole league, and Messi will be a big part of it, even if he doesn't do it from a playing perspective, say a year and a half or two years from now. I think it's still going to jumpstart Major League Soccer as a massive destination for other players, not 35 or 38-year-olds, more so like 21-year-olds. 22-year-olds looking for that stepping stone. Um, and I am here for every second of it. But the the first thing that needs to happen this offseason is purse strings have got to open. There needs to be more roster spots, and you are 100% correct. There needs to be an outlaw on AstroTurf, um, even if it is an NFL owner that owns the MLS team, right? Oh, it, there yeah. just needs to be. you got to oh, protect yeah, the yeah. players if you're going to throw them into the meat grinder. Uh, it's right. a, 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 an MLS, no, exactly, mate. You cannot, you cannot do yeah. that. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. I think the injury likelihood of getting an injury on AstroTurf is like more than fifty percent more. So you oh, are injuring your players. That the more time they play, the better for you. So you lose. Yeah. Uh, so I completely agree. And two things too that can have an influence in the MLS is the headquarters mm. of the Argentina uh, Federation will be in Miami. And the other mm -hmm. thing, too, is there's FIFA is going to open a new headquarters, which a lot of people are going from Switzerland to Miami to live. Okay, And this is bringing, I think, 200 more jobs to Miami yeah. from FIFA. So FIFA is mm -hmm. thinking in U.S. soil. So that is a huge effect. And yes, let us know what are you thinking with Messi? What are you thinking on the MLS? And do you think that Inter Miami will reach the MLS playoffs? That is the big question. And don't forget to like this video. But we are FC Wonder Kid, and we wanted to end this wonder. Uh, I end this podcast with a Wonder Kid shouts because the Champions League is happening and the Youth League is happening, mate. Because, yes, the UEFA Youth League has many stars, and they've had Jean Felix in the past, they've had Zaire Emery in the past, they've had Xavi mm -hmm. Simmons in the past, and now we have mm -hmm. others to shout out i've got three here that i really want to talk and yes cool. but you go bolder with this and who's going to be your first shout <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean we we might be um you know jumping on each other's uh feet here but i gotta bring up ac milan i gotta oh, bring yes. up ac milan francesco camarda uh i mean he's <laughs> Uh, he's the youngest ever Italian goal uh, scorer in the UEFA Youth League by a lot. And it's been about a year, year and a half that he's been making the social media rounds with his 480 plus goals in like 87 games or something for other youth teams within AC Milan's Youth Academy. But listen... 
He's 15 years old. He's already got a goal in his UEFA Youth League debut. He followed that up, I think, with a hat trick in the Primavera Cup. Yeah, a brace. Um, you had a brace. And, and a, oh, was it a brace? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So 15 years old, and this kid already looks like he's probably like 18 or 19 physically. Um, <laughs> target striker, but still has speed, uh, amazing precision. He's going to be one to watch, or he has to be one to watch. And I really honestly wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, whether it's a Coppa Italia game um, or something of that nature, that they don't get him on the bench at some point, right, and maybe he sees go. his debut. Bretson, I'm just going to yeah. say this. I spoke to people yeah. inside AC Milan, and they said yeah. that this is one of the best talents they've ever seen in their eyes. One of the best talents oh. they've Francesco Camarda, okay, forward. Yeah. Please remember this name because the talent he's showing is unreal. And the impact yeah. at 15 in the youth league, we've seen this with Lamin Yamal. We've seen this with Xavi Simmons. We're going to see this with Francesco Camarda too. So that's what I got to say, people. People inside, yeah. inside, I'm not joking, big, big praise. And I can mention after who told me that, Fred. <laughs> but Sounds good. People. Sounds good. But yes, I want to mention a Portuguese man. I saw that first game of Benfica. They didn't beat mm. Salzburg. Salzburg, that is a synonym to Wonder Kids. So naturally, the best yeah. go there. But uh, Made in Seychelles does have an effect too. And João Vloz. If you know João Neves, if you knew João mm -hmm. Felix, you're going to know now João Veloso, okay? Center mid, very creative, high, high work rate, and he can sh shoot a ball and score a golazo at any moment. That's what he did against Salzburg. Yeah. So you might as well pay attention because for João Veloso, his best trait is not scoring these golazos. It's his vision. It's his passing. So you might as well pay attention to him right now. João Veloso. Okay. Great play, Bretton. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, all right. Well, I, I got to bring up one that everybody kind of knows, I guess. You know, he does go down as the Premier League, youngest Premier League player of all time, and that is Ethan Waneri, right? Um, Ethan Waneri is only 16 years old still, oh. 16 years old, and it's been a little while since he actually <laughs> set the milestone of becoming the youngest ever in Premier League history, um, but he has also backed it up. He has climbed the Arsenal ranks, which these days is getting harder and harder and harder to do. Sure. Um, and at 16 years old, he has seen, as part of the U19 setup, right, which is what the UEFA Youth League is, mm -hmm. he has already seen as one of the most important players in this Arsenal side. Um, more importantly for Arsenal, they were able to enter into an agreement with him where come, I believe, March, he turns 17, he will sign a professional contract, and that, for now ends the pursuit of others, like, you know, Manchester City and others that have definitely been sniffing around uh, Nwaneri. But uh, he did get a knock the other day, so I'm not entirely sure if he's going to feature in Tuesday and Wednesday's match day. But obviously, if you're looking at the next person to come through at Arsenal, Ethan Nwaneri has actually already taken the pitch on a, in a Premier League game for a very small moment of time. But he is definitely somebody you're going to want to watch because he's a 16-year-old playing with U19 players. Um, and he definitely holds his own. Well said. And 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 they, Chelsea even tried to snatch him. <laughs> yeah. They even and Arsenal. He maintained. He trusts the club. He trusts the process. And very well shout out because I remember he was 15. Yep. He was 15 when he yeah. got that. How <laughs> in my days Arteta went bold with that decision. Another Portuguese yeah. man. I'm gonna shout out here. And for me, it's it's another one you must remember. I've well, I've seen many Olival talents. 
And this is one of the best Olival talents I've ever seen in my eyes. Rodrigo Mora. Remember the name. Rodrigo Mora, okay? He balled out in his first UEFA Youth League game. He's a great yep. winger. Technique-wise, he's very fast. And once again, the decision-making on Rodrigo Mora is above his level. And his level right now is playing Youth League at 16. So don't be surprised if Rodrigo Mora does get him um, some minutes in Porto's A-team because he already plays for Porto B2. The youngest player ever to play for Porto B. Rodrigo Mora too. Wow. So it's giving me Fabio Silva vibes with this. <laughs> with let's just okay. hope he gives more it gets more minutes for Porto than Fabio Silva did. Okay, this is a player yeah. that won the best the best Premio Revelação no Dragão. So there was like uh, Porto, 130 years old. Congratulations, Porto. And they did a ceremony in which he was elected the best talent of Porto. So you might as well pay attention because even the club stating just that. At 16, Rodrigo Mora. That signed an extension in his birthday. That's special. Yeah, that's awesome. You you break my brain when you say 130 years old. You just break my brain. <laughs> I mean, it, it just goes to show you, like, when I think about American soccer, when I think about our side, and I know this is a little tangent, uh, it, it just, we have just started and at 130 years, my brain cannot even comprehend that. Um, I won't be here then, so it doesn't really matter, but ultimately I can't wait to, to see the growth. Anyway, my next player, I'm going to, I got to go back to PSV, uh, PSV Eindhoven, uh, you know, and Feyenoord are two teams we're following really closely this year because they look like they want to beat up on Ajax uh, for the foreseeable future in the Eredivisie. But on PSV, they have a long line of really good attacking threats, as we've seen with Bakayoko. Um, and it, and it, long may it continue, because the next one is actually here. And it's an 18-year-old. It's Jason Van Dweven. Um, and Van Dweven is... Uh, it, it, He's already got four goals in six games in the Eerste which is literally the second division of the Eerste right? Mm -hmm. um, and he's doing that at 18 years old. He's already captained that reserve side. He's already captained the youth league side. He had a goal and an assist against Arsenal in that uh, UEFA Youth League opening win over them. Um, and uh, I, I think it's not just Jason Van Dweven, but you have Van Dweven, you have Amir Bars on the left, I believe, and you have in midfield uh, Taigo Land, who has already, I believe, made his Eredivisie debut um, in midfield for them, or at least it was in the KNVB Cup. Uh, but PSV Eindhoven has a very, very good one in Van Dweven, uh, who I think by the end of the season, you will know his name. 100%. He also has a 17-year-old brother who plays in the U18s just one class down. Uh, so you got to watch him, uh, but very good. You could play wing, but mostly uh, features up top. So remember the name Jason Van Dweven from PSV Eindhoven. Oh, well, well, that's a good shout. PSV players, the PSV, they're balling out in the Love league. It. And now in the youth league, they're a team to watch. My last shout yeah. out with the youth league is Iker Bravo. Iker Bravo, a player that has played in the Bundesliga. <laughs> in Everywhere. the first team in the Bundesliga. He's played at Barca too, it's true. <laughs> and now yeah. with Real Madrid, striker, the striker of this team at Castilla and at, at, at Real Madrid in the youth league. I think Iker Bravo can mm. make the difference. I think Palacios is another player you must pay attention. Great player. And just like Sergio Arribas, he came from this UEFA youth league system, this system that... You don't go. You don't become a Galactico mandatory, but you can get some yep. minutes and can get a chance. Look at Carvajal as an example. So mm. I have to tell you, Iker Bravo, pay attention to him. 
And yes, Alvaro Rodriguez isn't playing, so there's a reason why for that too. So Iker, Iker Bravo. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, there. I mean, there's so many names. We're not even going to – I'm not even going to say a Barcelona – uh, player like Pau Prim. Um, there's just so many names here to even consider. Um, but the the one, yeah, I mean, I think we should actually go follow FB Wonder Kids on Twitter or, oh, I'm sorry, on X or maybe in the comments section. We'll, I'll put like a massive list of players you want to watch or like two on each team you want to watch. Anyway, long story short, I got to bring up um, the fact that people are still surprised to find out that Rasmus Vinter Holland has two twin brothers. Okay. Um, one has already made the leap to the senior squad for FC Copenhagen. Uh, that's the midfielder. I believe that's Oscar. Um, the striker, Emil Winterholland, um, already has a goal in the UEFA Youth League uh, when Copenhagen ran over Galatasaray. Okay, five to one in their opener. And if you want to, you know, look out for the the new Winter Hollands. Um, Emil is the one you can watch in the youth league as striker, but he plays with two other guys, Noah Sasa and Amin Chiaka, uh, who will be big in the future, uh, probably in the Bundesliga or the Eredivisie is the next step. Uh, but if you're looking at guys um, that are going to have tougher roots to the top, um, these three are big, and one of them happens to be a twin brother. Uh, and that's Emil Winterholland, wi along with his brother, Oscar Winterholland, who's already in the senior squad. So I had to give Copen Copenhagen a little bit of love, um, even though that's doing it in expense of not talking about Shea Lacey or Pau Prim or any number of players we can highlight hey, here. But the youth league. Oh, man. Yeah, baby. He's so good. One of the Man United's most exciting talents to watch. And yeah. by going by this traje trajectory, they might need to play him. Yeah. <laughs> but let's they, they start might. with Garnacho starting first. <laughs> but please, mm -hmm. let us know your <laughs> players to watch, not just in the youth league. Because if you're listening to this podcast until now, you've been going bold with a lot of topics. So let us know what do you think we should talk more about, okay? What have we missed? that we must talk about in the future. And don't forget to like episode 121 to show that you love our Monday show. Every Monday, it's out at 6 o'clock, people. So go bold and be ready at that time on YouTube, okay? So thank you, people, for going bold with another podcast. And thank you for being a part of this wonderful community, people.